Hello and welcome to this very first episode of the Addiction Free Naturally podcast. My name is Graham Hoppett and it's a pleasure to welcome you here today, whether it's morning, afternoon or evening for you. Having overcome addiction a few years back myself, I now help others to do likewise. My intention for these series of podcasts is to show you there is a way to plant the seed of possibility the possibility that indeed anyone can overcome any addiction naturally. Now, as a caveat, I do want to say I'm not a doctor and I'm not prescribing medical advice here. I have, however, stood in your shoes. I've walked that same path of recovery that you're on. Becoming, becoming addiction free actually really got me interested in how the mind works because that plays a massive part in your recovery. And as a consequence, I qualified as a transformational coach and hypnotherapist. Now, the second intention is to provide the connection. And to that end, there's a Facebook group of the same name, Addiction Free Naturally. And it's a place of connection for those who truly want to escape and eradicate addiction from their lives. Now, I do use the word seriously because the sad reality is many addicts are not ready. So I really want to pre-warn you that, you know, if you really want to give up addiction, then you've got to make a serious commitment to do what it takes to move from that struggling addict, as I was, to unapologetically, authentically being free, where your life is purposeful, positive and productive. But that takes a serious commitment. It's a real responsibility. Now, it can be easy. It really depends on you. And I made it hard for myself for so long. So these podcasts, I trust, will give you that spark of possibility. And one of the mantras that you hear me say is 100% possibility, 100% of the time. In this very first podcast, I'm going to talk about the story that I heard that set me on a new trajectory and ultimately set me free. And I also talk about the cages which keep us trapped. Now, in subsequent weeks, we will discuss subjects such as beliefs and they how they impact your ability to recover. We talk about the mindset because 95% of everything we do is run automatically from our subconscious mind. In fact, the great um, Maxwell Malt, his quote for me is one of the most powerful. He said, you can never outperform your self-image. And what that means is you've got to change what you see as yourself at the subconscious level. Now, this pandemic has caused addiction to skyrocket around the world. So it's even more important to look after our mental health. There are three things that help me to get out of addiction, really. The first one was this report, which I'm going to share with you what I learned in that report in this um, podcast today. The second was I created a vision for my life. And by doing that, it made me realize, blimey, my life could be so much better without addiction in it. And the third thing is I invested in myself. I invested in the therapist that really helped me, proven therapies that helped me to get absolutely free of addiction. So I'm now living a life addiction free. Now you're here because you want to change. You've acknowledged you're an addict and 
you want to change that scenario and really live a, a great life, an extraordinary life. Now, your habit may have started, your addiction may have started as a simple, innocent habit, but it's become unmanageable. It doesn't matter where you're at. You will get some information in here which is going to hopefully change the way you think about addiction and then set you on a route to ultimate recovery. Now, addiction is the obsessive compulsive acting out by either taking some substance or participating in some behaviour. So on the one side, it could be taking drugs or alcohol. So they fall under the substance category, or it could be engaging in an obsessive compulsive behaviour, such as porn, gambling, sex, gaming, shopping, or even your phone. I mean, I truly believe smartphones are creating a tsunami of addiction. And it worries me for parents bringing up kids because their whole way of living is now destined to this phone. They're, you know, they're connected to the phone so much. And that's a worry. But again, if you're a parent with a child, what you will hear over the course of these uh, podcast series as you go through it, will definitely help you. Um, so let's get started. This first episode is all about your cage, your environment. All addictions at their core are actually similar. And I want to share what I learned through my experience. Now, where my journey started for me, in what I mean by that is where my addiction recovery started for me. I was struggling. I was attending the 12-step process meetings, but nothing was shifting in my life. And then by chance, I stumbled across a report by a British journalist who had travelled the globe looking for answers on drug addiction. Now, I'm, I wasn't a drug addict. However, this report changed the trajectory of my life because it enabled me to look at addiction differently. Albert Einstein said insanity is doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. And that's really what I'd been doing. I was doing the same things and it wasn't working. But this report opened my eyes to what addiction was or wasn't. The reporter asked questions which changed my view of addiction. He said, look, if heroin really was the demon drug it's slated to be, i.e. you take one dose and you're hooked for life, then why, when someone's grandmother goes into hospital for a hip replacement and they give her morphine to reduce the pain, why doesn't she or every person who's had a hip replacement or any operation where they've been prescribed morphine as a way of looking after the pain, why don't they come out of hospital as drug addicts? Because if the story is that you know, it's going to, you know, that chemical hook is what's going to get you, then it would be the same for someone who's gone into hospital and takes morphine, because morphine is technically pure heroin. Heroin comes from morphine. You see, the more of what society, or sorry, the most, most of what society knows about drugs and addiction has really come from a series of studies done in the 1950s and 60s on laboratory rats. However, it's learning equally applied to you know, any addiction, as I said, sex, alcohol, gambling, porn, shopping, everything. 
there's vital lessons in here. So this research, um, which was done in the 50s and 60s, actually became part of our collective understanding. It effectively created our societal beliefs. And that's why people were saying, well, you know, once you've been hooked, you can never get out. But the hip example shows otherwise. So in this experiment, a rat is placed in an isolation box known as a Skinner box. These boxes were, were very small, approximately just three or four times the size of the rat. I mean, imagine you as a human being in a cage, which is only three or four times bigger than your body. I mean, that is serious isolation, isn't it? Now, the only two things in the rat's cage were two water bottles. So the rats really were isolated. One of the water bottles had pure water. The other one was laced with heroin. Now, the rats, interestingly, preferred the water which was laced with heroin. Frequently, they would keep taking the heroin until it killed them. Now, these experiments seem to show that rats, if given access to heroin, would take it, which is what created you know, the belief that the chemical hooks get you. And once they've got you, you've got no chance of getting out. So the rats literally drank this stuff till it killed them. However, Professor Bruce Alexander in the 1970s, he said these tests were flawed because all they showed was that rats who were in solitary confinement would take lots of drugs. Now rats, much the same as humans, are social creatures. And by putting a rat in a Skinner box it was like isolating a human being in solitary confinement. It's like you start to go crazy because it's unnatural. So Professor Bruce Alexander proceeded to conduct a new study known as Rat Park, where he built an experiment about the size of a garage. Now, in Rat Park, the rats were given everything they needed, plenty of activities, you know, wheels things to climb on, lots of fun activities. But also they had plenty of compa companions. So there were both sexes of rats here. So what did that mean? It meant they had sex. And what was interesting in this social environment, they almost exclusively rejected the lace-filled heroin water. Now, isn't that fascinating? See, by comparison, when they don't have things that make life meaningful, then the rats were held in isolation in those Skinner boxes, as, the, as in the previous experiment. Not surprisingly, there was an almost 100% compulsive use of the heroin laced water with subsequent overdosing. Now, the conclusion that was drawn from this comparison between these two experiments is that the opposite of addiction is connection. When you have connection, the rats had connection because they was in this vast area with plenty to do and plenty of company. So the same as humans, there is a need and that need was being met. Now it's soon become absolutely clear that the earlier Skinner box experiments did not prove that heroin was irresistible to rats. Rather, most of the consumption of the rats isolated in the Skinner box was likely to be the response of the fact they was in isolation itself because they had nothing meaningful to do. They took the lace, the heroin lace water because that gave them pleasure. 
Now, Bruce Alexander asked a, a pertinent question. He said, well, what if addiction isn't about the chemical hooks? It's about the cage, your environment. And this was really interesting because at the same time, there was actually a real life experiment, unbeknown, being conducted with human beings. It was called the Vietnam War. Because during the Vietnam War, over 20% of American soldiers were addicted to drugs. And the concern was that after the war, that these American soldiers would return back to America as drug addicts. Now, this process was meticulously, I should say, meticulously monitored by a guy by the name of Lee Robbins, who was one of the researchers in charge of collecting the facts on all of the returning American soldiers. Now, in his findings, that it kept, well, these findings completely upended the accepted beliefs about addictions because Robbins found that 80% of all those addicted American soldiers came back after the war and they just literally stopped taking drugs just like that. Only 5% of them became re-addicted within a year and just 12% relapsed within three years. In other words, you know, like the vast majority literally gave up their drug addiction overnight. Now, Robin's findings contradicted the prevailing view because what was considered previously was that heroin, once you were addicted to it, it was a permanent and irreversible condition because of the chemical hooks. But instead, Robbins revealed that addictions could be dissolved, spontaneously dissolved, if there was a radical change in one's environment. In Vietnam, soldiers spent all day surrounded by, you know, cues triggering their addiction. It was easy to get access to. They were engulfed in a war zone. There was constant threat to their life. You know, they built friendship with fellow soldiers who were also heroin users. And they were effectively in isolation because they were thousands and thousands of miles away from home. And they had no idea when they were going to return to their, their country. So they found themselves in this environment which was always triggering them. So that's why they were addicted. However, once a soldier returned to the United States, they was in an environment which was devoid of the triggers that led them into addiction. So this showed that addiction is driven by one's environment. And it became evident that to change your behaviour, you therefore need to change your environment. So when the context changes, so does the habit or the addiction. It drops away. By contrast, if you compare this situation to you know, a typical drug user's problem, say in the United States or any any country, you know, where someone becomes addicted, you know, at home or with friends, they go to the clinic or to rehab to get clean. Now, the rehab is obviously devoid of all of those environmental stimuli that prompted one's habit in the first place. But when you return home, when you leave the rehab and you return home to your old environment with all of those previous cues that caused you to get addicted in the first place, it's actually little wonder, isn't it, that 
80 to 90 percent actually typically of heroin users become re-addicted once they return home after leaving rehab i mean that's a frightening statistic but the interesting thing is that that's the opposite of the experience of the vietnam soldiers who were addicted because 80 percent of those come back and immediately gave up I mean, it's incredible comparison. So that is one of the big lessons that I took from that first part of the report. It was that the environment is a key figure, but you are not hooked in by those chemical hooks in the way that we are led to believe. Because if that was true, then everyone that was given morphine in hospital would be a drug addict, and they're not. Now, the biggest environment that is likely to affect you is actually the environment in your mind. And this is backed up by Dr. Gabor Mate, who's a Hungarian-Canadian. His research shows that there's common factors in addiction, and that common factor is trauma or isolation, particularly in the formative years that you're growing up. And then it causes a, a string of events which play out in your life later on. Now, Dr. Gavin Mate goes on to say that it's the adaption, and I'm quoting in here, it's the adaption of past experiences that help people to survive. And their survival comes about through the addiction. So your addiction, one's addiction, is actually a coping mechanism to cover up some pain in one's life. It's like you're self-medicating the pain out. So you don't really want to be an addict but you're doing it because it appears life is brighter when you do the addiction than when you don't. Now, you know, you might be thinking, well, you've had no traumatic event in your life to trigger something like this. You know, hopefully you wasn't molested or raped or had any major abuse, but it doesn't have to be major. That's that's the challenge. You know, I personally hadn't experienced any major challenge or, or major trauma. You know, I had an event-free childhood. I was a shy, sensitive child, and that impacted me. And here's the thing, you see, what would appear to many as the most innocent of things, you know, maybe a comment said by a loved one, such as a parent, a caregiver, or someone in authority, such as a teacher, these words are powerful. They're literally hypnotizing you. So maybe our parent regularly put you down in a particular way or a sibling always treated you badly then these things can impact you later on without even knowing it and then you turn to addiction as a way of overcoming it i'll give you a very quick example i had one client who was actually a porn addict and you know they 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 didn't know why they'd been addicted they got into porn at university and went right into their work life affecting their career. Now, when I helped them um, and we, we actually sort of communicated with their subconscious mind through one of the techniques I used with them, we found out that when this guy was four years old, he kissed a girl at a, a preschool or whatever it, whatever it would be called for you back in those days. and 
Yeah, if we saw a picture of two four-year-olds kissing on Facebook, we'd say, wow, that's so cute. But this teacher shouted at him, said, that's wrong, that's bad, stop it. And he took that on board as a four-year-old without understanding it, and that impacted his ability to create relationships with the opposite sex, which then led in later life to a porn addiction. So therefore, that is just an example of how trauma, however small or whether you can remember it or not, can impact you in a significant way. In my own journey, you know, I realized I had some deep core emotional wounds. That's what I started to, to find out following reading this report or listening to this report. So, you know, I hope that you equally take something from this because it might make you realize or look at further about your environment, both physically and the environment of your mind. So have a think about what lessons you got from today because even if it is well yeah why do why does someone go into hospital for hip replacement and they don't come out a drug addict because that means the chemical hook can't be as strong as maybe we're led to believe i'm not saying there aren't chemical hooks because there's chemical hooks in all addictions because the mind is releasing chemicals when you give it the pleasure of addiction so that that is real but we can overcome it so I'm going to leave you, we've come to the end of this first introductory podcast. Now I want to leave you with a question. What will your life be like in one year from now if you don't commit and take responsibility for your life and, and to overcome the addiction you know, by doing whatever is necessary to do that? Because addiction is costing you one way or another it's either costing you financially costing you emotionally it's likely impacting your health even if you're not realizing it at the outset it's affecting your relationships it's affecting your emotional and mental health and possibly your career or business and it could obviously be impacting all of those but the good news is the answer is within you it's about about digging deep it's about using the power of your mind. And you can absolutely overcome any addiction as I have done, and you can do it naturally. Now, obviously, if you are a drug addict or an alcoholic, I'm not saying you don't also need some sort of drying out facility. There's the examples earlier showed about rehabs. Rehab is sorting out your physical side but you have to deal with your mind because when you come out, you're going back into the original environment. So you need the strategies and tools to make sure you can truly deal with the situation. That is why you see so many addicts go into rehab multiple times because they're not dealing with the root cause. They come back out and that's when they relapse. But the, the power of your mind is what can help you overcome your addiction. You absolutely should already know, even from this first podcast, that it's 100% possible to overcome your addiction naturally. So I'm going to leave you there. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in the world, absolutely knowing that you can overcome your addiction naturally. Have a great day. Graham Hobbit.
It's been a pleasure.